Hey, this is Ronja Kaminski from the Pinpricks. Greetings from Germany, and you are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. You are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor. What? The Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor and nobody? No. Somebody. Me. Lee Gerstman. Why aren't I on that thing? I want recognition! Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark, Lee, and who else do we have, Lee? We also have Metal Mike, and we have James West. How are you both doing? I'm doing fucking fantastic. How about you, James? How you doing, brother? Hey, man, I'm doing all right. It's nice to talk to you, dude. It is. It's finally nice to finally get to talk to you. I've seen you all over Facebook. I've heard you on all these other podcasts, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, dude. I'm definitely, yeah, definitely dude. fucking looking forward to this, brother. So Yeah, I, I definitely enjoy what you do, too, dude. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. That means the world to me, man, because uh, I appreciate the support. Like I said, with the metal sta- with that metal station and then the podcast I'm doing with Mark, I'm actually thinking about maybe a, not right away, mind you, but I, I'm got in my mind to bring my old podcast back the one i used to do with i don't know if you ever heard it i used to do a podcast with a former dj of ours um uh dj mac was his name irish guy real cool dude man and uh unfortunately real life just got in the way and he really seriously had the the uh, luck of the irish and uh he couldn't um he couldn't do it anymore, so that just kind of ended that. But uh, thinking about maybe reviving it with a new pot, uh, with a new co-host, man. And, and that one I would do myself as far as recording, editing, and all that. So I'm kind of trying to learn the ropes of how to do all that because I've never really had to, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, just do that, and uh, but you know, because the way I look at it, if my if my boy Doctor Fucking had to do two podcasts and shit, I think our boy Mark here. How many do you do, Mark? Well, I quit the YouTube cast. I only do this one and uh, the YouTube thing with uh, my friend Jerry, the Mark and Jerry bullshit sessions. We just do live video. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. I quit the YouTube cast because that guy was a racist. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was just an asshole. He, uh, Johnny Vogan left my group because of him. Fucker. Nobody makes Johnny leave my group and get away with it. <laughs> Who on earth could we be talking about? I wonder. Oh, not Terrence. It's uh, Bob. Oh, no. So... Bob Hay. Uh... <laughs> oh, I don't know that guy. Yeah, he argued about uh, Sammy Hagar being better than uh, David with uh, Johnny. And Johnny said, I'm out of this fucked up group. And I go, "You? Fu- I wasn't arguing with you. He was. I was like, fucking A. I was letting it go. <laughs> I let it go too far. <laughs> oh, God. That was hilarious. All right, man. All right, man. So... We're doing an album that you picked, Mike. Uh, yes, sir. Nola by uh, Down, yes, one sir. of J- James's favorite bands, also. And I have to confess, guys, this is the first time I heard it. <laughs> so, hey, I mean, Mark, what did I tell you a while back? Because I remember you telling me on Facebook one time, like you know, your parent, your mom, I guess, was pretty 
um, spiritual religious lady. I'm given to understand, right? Ah, uh, not now. Nah, I listened to what the hell I wanted to. Really? <laughs> oh, she never thought... stopped me. She encouraged oh, me. She took me to okay. concerts. Well, I... Well, I know that, but I, I thought you kind of stayed away from the metal because of it was, you know, evil and stuff. Or well, you used to somebody else. Iron Maiden scared me, so I stayed away from Iron Maiden. <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, hey! I get it, man. It was weird. My parents were really weird with that. They they would let me have the records. They let me have the posters. They indulged me when it came to that. Because my, really, my as I've said before, my, my love of hard rock and metal started with Kiss Alive when my brother brought it home in early 1976. Me, I was five too. years old. So, but you know, unlike James, when I listened to you a, a while back on the podcast I'm on now, I listened to your episode recently that you did with Bushy about your favorite Kiss songs. Oh my song. God, dude! That, and, that was and, like a four-hour episode. I know it was epic, but it was a great one. Uh, um, but my point yeah. is bank was like i noticed you were like oh i saw him on this tour and that tour and i'm like fuck man like i didn't get to see fucking kiss till the goddamn crazy nights tour and i hate that record so <laughs> you know think, i think everybody like, hates that record. i hope the tour was better than the record the tour <laughs> man, honestly it wasn't, it wasn't yeah, it that wasn't. great man ted nugent fucking uh, slaughtered them that night he did. and i, I would have loved to hear him oh live. i love ted i love ted oh, he, he was on fire on that tour dude i have to admit he, he did upstage kiss and Big it was sold time. out where i was at down here but i saw the animalized tour a couple of years before that and that was like way better than crazy right. nights and well, then i saw like it, it just seemed uh, like that show. Shade. oh okay well i heard that tour was amazing too that tour was amazing but dude. see they can were i tell you amazing can I tell you a secret? I didn't bother to go to those tours because I was so turned off by Crazy Nights tour. I mean, to me, the only cool thing that Kiss did was Eric Carr's drum solo. The rest of it was like, <laughs> they're doing Turn on the Night. I'm like, what the fuck this shit, man? Play some old yeah. shit. And it was almost Crazy all new stuff. They did uh. play a lot of Creatures of the Night, which I love that record, but I was still just disappointed. Like, I think maybe Gene Blue Fire, but there was very little pyro. The sign yes, was like yes, very scaled very back. Pyro. It's not yeah, what I was dude. expecting at all. I'm like expecting, you know, kiss, and I get kiss. Whole <laughs> family. Yeah. I saw them in 1980 on the Dynasty tour. Oh yeah. Now I would have yeah. loved yeah. that. That's tour. awesome. Ace was great. He was the best. And um, me, Gene, Gene um, was interesting. Maybe musically he, he, he went a little bit weird, but at least he he held your interest. Paul was good, but he was more like just just as if he, he already knew how to do it from tons and tons of concerts. It wasn't like he put extra energy into it, but he was good. Do you and feel like he was maybe going through the motions a little bit, Lee? Um... More, more, yeah, yeah, kind, kind, kind of like he rehearsed it too much. Yeah. And, um, and then um, Peter, on the songs that he drummed on, he was pretty good, but his solo sounded like the difference between strong coffee and weak coffee, and his solo was more weak coffee. Oh. It was like I expected a little bit better. He, he sounded more like he um. The difference was at least Paul, even though he phoned it in, 
he phoned it in perfect. Right. Peters sounded like he didn't even care to touch the dial. Well, that doesn't surprise me because at that point in time, Peter was kind of a hot mess. He was, he wasn't, he had that car wreck and he had a lot of shit go wrong for him. And to me, Peter Chris is around the Alive era. I mean, that drum solo he does in Alive, love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you know, and I'm not just, Disparaging Peter Chris, love Peter Chris. I'm just saying that. That's me just. I mean, he ultimately ended up le- leaving the band. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. doing that great. I mean, his, his drumming skills had eroded. It was, you know, sad to see. So, I, I'm sure I can. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, again, what you're telling me doesn't really surprise me, Lee. Even though I didn't yeah. get to go to the concerts back in 1980, but I'm not fucking yeah. bitter. But. But he was good on the regular songs. It's just on the solo, yeah. He sounded like he was trying to remember how he did it on <laughs> Alive Two, and he was like, "My record skips, so I forget a few parts." Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Mm. Okay, man. So yeah, this album—you've never heard it before, now, huh, Mark? No, I've never heard it at all. And uh, I was hitting myself on the head last night. I was smoking a. Uh, something and uh, I was listening to this and I was like with headphones on and I was like I'll get to it during the review but I, I'm kind of oh, hitting okay. myself hitting myself on the head that I didn't hear this back then well look Mark again man I told you that a while back it doesn't matter when you get to the party brother just as long as you get there as far as I'm concerned you know uh, oh, my and as, yeah. I mean well, I know you're not the world's biggest Pantera fan so in a way you not checking this out don't take this the wrong way. It, that doesn't surprise me. No, I have the first two Panteras. I love Pantera. I just didn't know about oh. it. <laughs> I, really? didn't ha- I didn't. I didn't have any. I didn't have any hard rock metal friends back then, so it's kind of oh. hard to figure things out. Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah. If you don't have a pipeline, so to speak, that didn't really sound right. But you know what I meant. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. I'm the hard. one who's no. not the biggest fan of them, but I do like some songs once in a while. Right on. Because right my friend got me into Metallica. My friend got me into Pantera. But then those friends weren't around when this group came out. <laughs> so. Oh, and we didn't have the internet like no. we do now, you know, where you could just click on something and find it, you know. So it was harder. Uh, yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. in 95 and 94 when this came or 95 when this came out. I don't think 95. MTV was playing this stuff oh. on there right, oh. at that time. No. no, they were not. That was the only place I could see music or like hear something from a friend, but I didn't even know who the hell these guys were until everybody on there goes, oh, Phil rules and Nola rules. And <laughs> I see that all over Facebook groups. Well, I mean, no, I it was had, a masterpiece. Oh, it is, as far as I'm concerned. Spoiler warning. I, I there's, a reason, there's two reasons I picked this album. One, Number one is you guys had invited me to do, I believe, Pantera's Far Beyond Driven. And then I can't even remember. I think my computer literally crashed on me. And I couldn't do it with you. And that really, really bummed me out because I was really looking forward to doing that review. And then when Mark was like, well, hey, man, we'll pick something else. What do you want to do? And then I'm like thinking, and I'm like, you know, what would be something that I think every one of us would at least find interesting, even if they don't like, but that, Hmm. that, that James West would absolutely love? And I was like, I got Interesting it. Interesting is a good word. Down. You'll definitely hear my opinion. Oh, I'm sure, Lee. I'm sure. <laughs> you'll, you'll be surprised. You have no clue. <laughs> I, prob- I probably don't, Lee. Uh, I don't have a clue about anything, buddy, to be honest with you. Um, 
but anyway, yeah, man, I'm a huge, huge uh, fan of this album. I think it's a perfect album. I'm a fan of every one of the band members in this band, especially in this version of the band. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm a fan of all their other main projects. So for me, when I heard about this, I remember hearing about it, and they were like, oh, they're doing this group, and it's going to be called Down. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You got Phil from Pantera. You got Pepper Keenan from Corrosion Conformity. You got Jimmy Bauer from I Hate God and Todd Strange and Kirk Winstein from Crowbar. Oh, fuck, I'm in. So I was really, really looking forward to this record. I was a, um, uh, the day it released, I bought it kind of guy. Um, yeah. Me too. I, so, yeah, and it, 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 it totally, totally lived up to expectations. Because sometimes people, in my opinion, throw the term supergroup lightly. This truly, in my opinion, is a supergroup. Much like a totally different kind of music, but the Traveling Wilburys. Every one of those guys in that band's a heavy fucking hitter on their own. And yeah. when heavy hitters like that get together and form a band, that is a supergroup, in my eyes, to my ears. So true. Well, like, I thought Damn Yankees was a super group, <laughs> except oh, it, for the drummer. It, 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 well, it kind of was, though. I mean, you yeah, had Tommy yeah, Shaw from yeah. You had Ted fucking Nugent. Who was the other guy? Um, Jack Blades from Night Ranger. That's what I'm saying. I mean, every one of those guys had big bands that were very successful on their own. Ted, hugely successful solo career. Yeah, that's a super group. Yeah, that they were. And so was uh, back in the day, the Bad Company was considered a super band, a super group. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, Cream, believe it or yeah. not. Cream was considered a super group. And I love Cream. Oh, Cream rules. <laughs> All oh, right, yeah. man. Well, let's get into this album. Let's ask each one of you. Well, you already know how I got into it now. And I don't think Lee was into it. So I'm going to ask James and uh, Mike, uh, how did you guys get into this album? Go, You go first, James. Man, I was like 22 years old when this came out, and uh, I was like a first-day buyer because I knew it was coming out. And um, I was uh, right in the middle of uh, doing my own bands. I had a couple bands going. I was uh, a guitar teacher, and I, I was just on top of music, and I was a big Pantera fan. So I knew this was coming out, and we all knew this was coming out. And uh, me and all my friends bought it on the first day, and... Uh, man it didn't let us down at all it was just uh a metal masterpiece in our eyes and what about you mike well kind of like what i said before i was already a fan of every one of these guys is in the bands their main projects so when i heard about it you know because i used to get metal metal magazines all the time i mean we didn't have the internet yeah. so you had to find your right. information wherever you could fucking find it and by that point in time there had been a record store who finally opened up to my immediate living area because i live in like um the metro east st louis metro east area which is on the illinois side so i'm close to illinois but it's like i got to drive over the bridge to get there and it's not a really far drive but when you're a kid growing up and you don't have your car st louis may as well be a fucking world away and that's where all the really cool mom and pop record stores are at i mean when i where i lived you had record bar and music land all this bullshit corporate crap so you could never really find any of the cool stuff you know or the underground stuff and i've always been attracted to the underground not that i don't mind bands that make it to the mainstream if they're great and they're good fine you know i don't really care i was never one of those metal fans like if a band of mine became popular like say iron maiden i turned on them it was never like that, you know. Now, now, don't get me wrong. When it comes to Iron Maiden, I'm a first six, maybe seven albums kind of guy. And then after that, a lot, of it, a lot of it sounds the same to me. It's not It's not that I think it sucks, but it's just like, 
man, these songs are awfully long and winding, and uh, just they just don't grab me anymore. But I still appreciate their musicianship, and I will always love Iron Maiden. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. But to, for me, for a lot of that, is if it, man, we finally got a, um, uh, a a mom and pop record store in this little town that was close to where I lived in Alton called Music Biz. And that's where we get the rumblings of the new records coming out, man. And I remember when this album bought, came out, I, again, I was eagerly awaiting it. And I bought it, and it was, it was, it lived up to my expectations. I mean, it was a, a it's a perfect record to get fucking baked to, if that's your thing. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. like to get high? This that, is a great that, album. That's what James said today on a, on a post. <laughs> yeah, a good album to fly up in an airplane and then put put myself in a ceramic kiln that way go. I get baked and high there you go bro there you go for real yeah. you, you feel that way I think that uh, I, and also sonically to me this sounded like Black Sabbath meeting Leonard Skinner that's yeah. what it sounded like to me and, exactly. and I love both those bands so it was like oh I'm, mm. I'm totally down for this you know like because I mean they did have some other elements of you know I mean you can hear a bit of hardcore punk and, and, and southern rock of course like I mentioned stoner rock maybe even a little bit of grunge um, you know the lyrical themes especially uh, really touch upon things like suicide and death and as we all know this was probably if you know your Pantera timeline this was where Pantera where Phil's heroin abuse was probably at its worst or, or getting to that point anyway i yeah. i would say so uh and, and it definitely reflects in the lyrics but just a fantastic record as far as i'm concerned um that's my thoughts on Hell it. yeah I, I yeah so that's how i got into it i got into it because i was already a fan of pantera and coc and crowbar and all those other bands so for me yeah. it was, oh hell yeah i i C-O-C, got see dude C-O-C. Oh, fuck yeah Oh my God! They're... I knew oh. them back then. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know well, these guys. They're the best band from my state. They're the best band from my state. Dang! Absolutely. I, I think mine's Van Halen. <laughs> I well, I can't top that. You know what? That. You know what? what? I would say that's a pretty good argument, man. Um, California's had some great bands out there. Not all metal, though. I mean, the yeah. Eagles came from California, and they're a great band. So, yeah, the Van Halen to me are the the greatest American hard rock, traditional hard rock metal band, in in my opinion. Oh, in, yeah. Yeah. I'm saying traditional. I'm not, and, and I'm saying American. I want to stress American or North American. You could throw Rush in that argument too, though, because they're Canadian, so they count too. Yeah. Um, and I'm throwing that in there for you, Mark. Ah, I know thanks. You love Rush. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I love Rush, man. Um, not everything they did, but I love everything up to... Me too. Uh, what's the album they lost me on? I'd have to think about it. Was it Grace it, Under man. Pressure or Power Windows? It might have been... Oh, fuck. Hold on, I'm going to check. I got my list of Rush records right some here. people I will say I live... For me, um, I would say they started going a little bit wrong on hold your fire you said you like that album <laughs> no that was the one you kept saying you like oh no you like power windows yeah okay yeah see for me grace under pressures right around the time i was kind of like eh, and i don't think i dug power windows really at all like yeah there's nothing here that 
Like, I'm looking at the song list, and I'm like, no, no, no. But any, everything before that, fuck yeah. Now, to be fair to Rush, I do think, in my opinion, they got back on track eventually. You know, like, I think the last yeah, several yeah. albums, Clockwork Angels, Snakes and Arrows, that, that stuff, they, they, got, they got heavy again. I prefer my Rush to have a little bit of fucking uh to it, you know? You know, if you take off yeah. the keyboards off of Power Windows, that album is heavy as fuck. <laughs> That's my problem, though. It's too much keyboards. I don't mind keyboards, dude. But the, the but at that time, look what was going on in music, man. I know everybody was drenching their shit in keyboards. But, I like keyboards, man. Like, okay, look, Ozzy used keyboards obviously on his first few albums. Yeah. But then you listen to an album like Ultimate Sin. While I like it, drenched in keyboards. Even the tour. If you watch the Ultimate Ozzy, the fucking keyboards drown out the rest of the band in that live performance. It was just like, hey man. I much prefer Power Windows as an album <laughs> to Blizzard of Oz or Diary of a Madman. Oh, that's you, oh, dude. Yeah. To Diary, me, those albums don't, 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 don't hold a candle. Well, all, but, I, I, all I'm saying is, that... speak of the devil, I do like. I think that's a really hot album. Um, well, I love Speak of the Devil, dude, but, uh, Diary. don't get me wrong, I love Rush, I love Rush, Diary. but, I'm just Diary saying, is a masterpiece, I listened man, to, in my opinion. I listened to Power Windows about a month ago, and I was listening to it, and I go, I wonder, you take these keyboards out, what it sounds, so I started drowning out the keyboards in my head, and I was hearing fucking hard-ass fucking riffs, fucking Giddy Lee going off at bass, and Neil Peart is fucking going off. If you if you, is there a way to turn down the keyboards, that album be a hard rock masterpiece. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what, Mark. Except for Rush Mystic might, Rhythms. If that Rush would like to do a remix of that record where they take the goddamn keyboards out or at least tamper them down, then yeah. I'm all for it. I'm oh, yeah. all for it, dude. I'd, I'd listen uh, to it. I would love to hear the ultimate sin with less keyboards in it, more Jake's guitar. Uh, I would love that. Well, you know, it's interesting you should say that because they asked Ozzy one time and he said if there was any record he could change, that wouldn't be the one. He goes, not that those songs are bad. He goes, I played some of those songs live. And on that tour, he was doing like Killer of Giants and, yeah. and, and songs like that, you know. Shot and I in think the dark. Ultimate Sin. And this was just, this was when he was, I think, touring, touring for Scream. He, he did like Killer of Giants live. I'd never seen him do that song live. He said, those songs are good. He goes, I just don't, I don't like the way Ron Nevison produced it. I don't like the way it was recorded. He said, ultimately, he wasn't really happy with it. If there was any of his records he could remix, Ultimate Sin would be the one. Yeah, nice. man. I love that album, dude. It just needs a louder guitar and less keyboards, and right. I'd be the, the, happy. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like I said, it's not like Ozzy, because listen to Bark the Moon. There's keyboards all over that yeah. album, but it works because it's part of the score. It doesn't, I don't know, something happened with the 80s where everybody just went nuts, not just with playing the keyboard, but the, the production. It was like they, oh, let's push up the keyboard sound. Van Halen's fault would jump. Probably, yeah. yeah I, would, I would say you're probably right, Mark. Because a hard right. rock group uh, proved keyboards could get a number one hit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that kind of opened the door for the musical direction that that. I'm going to keep. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to drink a little bit while you keep talking, <laughs> just for about a minute or so. Okay. Right. Well, I was going to start get it. Get, let's get in the album, man. Uh, Wait until I drink a little. All bit. right, man. So, <laughs> fuck. Uh, I'm feeling. I, can, I can't wait. I'll admit that. I can't wait not to hear the new Ozzy album that's going to come out. <laughs> 
no thanks. I did, All I, right, I'm ready. The only, the only right. way I'd be interested in Ozzy again, period, if if he got Jakey Lee back. Uh, besides that, I'm not interested. Well, you didn't even use Zach on the last album. <laughs> so, it's like stupid. I love Zach, but yeah. I, I, the only way I'm getting back into Ozzy is if he gets Jakey Lee back. That'll never happen. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this album. Uh, I'm re ready. Released in September let's 1995. Uh, so we get into the first track, Temptations Wings. What'd you think about that one, Mike? Temptations Wings, uh, written by Phil and Pepper. Uh, right off the bat, starts off with just a really cool drum countdown that instantly goes into what I call a sabalicious riff that would make the great Tony Iommi proud. The chemistry of this band is totally apparent right off from the get-go. These are guys that are amazing musicians who have made their mark with their own bands and have honed their craft while doing that with their individual bands. And this track is just a testimonial that these guys were at the peak of their game or at the top of their game at the time. Just great riffs provided by Pepper and Kirk, a thundering rhythm section consisting of Todd Strange, the bass player from Crowbar, and of course Jimmy Bauer playing drums, but the actual the guitar player of I Hate God, with spelled with an eyeball, like an eyeball, you know, I. This track is just the beginning of this amazing darkness without pain. I love the riff at the end of the track. It's just, in my opinion, a perfect, perfect opening track. What'd you think about it, James? I mean, just listen to that damn grooving guitar riff right off the bat, you know, and then Phil comes in delivering an awesome vocal line and killer lyrics about all the temptations in life. You know, I, I love the bridge when it breaks down into the harmony guitar solo and then the build-up afterwards. Uh, one of my top three favorite songs off this killer album. What'd you think about it, Lee? This is pretty heavy, but it sounds like good classic rock. Phil's vocals work. Even though usually I don't like those kinds of screaming vocals, but on here, I don't mind it at all. Listening to this is like having a concentrated dose of music. It packs a punch, but a cool punch. Totally, dude. It smacks you right in the fucking ear hole, and that's what I love about it, man. Yeah, I've never heard this before, and it's fucking the riffs, and Phil is killing it. Um, and I think this time I was smoking a lot of weed, watching my grandma, <laughs> so I didn't know what was going on. So I, I, I was basically sticking to my stuff that I could afford at that time, because I wasn't working. I was watching my grandma with dementia, so I, that's probably another uh, reason why I didn't get into for, like till late 2003 again into music, to listen to newer bands. So, but right, this is a, right. this is a fucking great song, and I feel I would have got fucking wasted to this song. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm, it, I'm telling you, man, it is, it is, it's great. Yeah. All right, so that's a four out of four right there yeah. with all of us. Damn, yeah. So then we get, yeah, to, I love it. We get to the next track, Lifer, which you picked, James. So here's a uh, Lifer on the Freeform Rock Podcast. <laughs>
Okay, that was Lifer. Why'd you pick that track, James? This is my favorite song off this record. This song has groove just <clears throat> dripping through the speakers. I mean, just listen to that band just tear it up. And uh, it's New Orleans style, where they're all, where most of them are from. And uh, Phil is, you know, my favorite lyric writer of, of all time. And I just love the lyrics to this song. You know, it's basically about being a metalhead for life. You know, and uh, that's definitely what I am. And uh, you know, this is my favorite song off the album for sure. I, I just love it. It's like a perfect song. So when you die, are you going to get buried in a Pantera coffin? I don't know about that, but uh, I definitely have a Pantera shirt on. That's for sure. All right. You so what did you think? Maybe a couple CDs in there. <laughs> you know, far beyond driven. You know, <laughs> it's got to go with me, man. It's got to go with me. You know. So what did you think of Lifer, uh, Mike? Love it. Um, again, track written by Phil and Pepper. Uh, just a killer intro. That's just in, just. I, and I'm going to use a lot of terminology I use, especially when it comes to metal. It's just riftastic, the whole fucking song. Um, and like James had pointed out, it's a song about being someone who, you know, a lot of times, you know, to me, and I just feel this way, I always have, most people that are into to rock and metal, I mean, it's kind of like Rob Zombie said in that excellent documentary, Metal, A Headbanger's Journey. The guy who did that went on to do a series called Metal Evolution. I highly recommend right. both. And I he said, yeah, Rob said, he goes, you know, I've never met the dude that was like, you know, I was just really into Slayer one summer. You know, I've never met that guy. <laughs> I've only met the guy who carved Slayer in their fucking chest. And I'm like, exactly. Like most of us, now I don't, I don't, I don't have anybody's name or anybody carved into my fucking chest. But my point that I'm trying to make is I have loved this kind of music since I was a little boy, really, you know, and it, and mm -hmm. as I've gotten older, it's just gotten heavier and heavier for me. Um, but I've always loved metal without losing touch to the music that my mom and dad loved, too, because that was a big part of my musical DNA as well. But when you're into metal, man, you're into it for fucking life, man. It's not some just, you know, I'll, I'll even meet some people that are trying to tell me they were a metalhead. But, well, you know, no, I don't know. You know, I mean, I understand yeah. people get married and they get busy and they have, you know, I get that. Life gets in the way. I understand that part of it. But nothing could ever get in my way for this love of this kind of music. And. And to me, I just felt like Phil was talking about me when he was, you know, seeing a song. And I'm right there with you, James. Phil's one of my all-time favorite lyricists. I just love his work. Um, he's just yeah, incredible. Man. This song is incredible. And uh, I really, really want to hear what you guys have to say about it. What'd you think about it, Lee? This song is as good as the last one. The only thing I can add in talking about it is the vocals are even better on it. It's a hot tune. Uh, I agree, man. It, it, like uh, Mike said, it's riftastic and has a fucking groove to it. Like I said, I'm hitting my head. I, I should have been listening to this shit like fucking at least 10 years ago. Fucking hey, this is some good shit. I would have loved to listen to it back then when I was getting stoned. That would have been even better. I was listening to like <laughs> Alice in Chains and fucking Soundgarden. Oh, hey, love those bands. Love those bands. Well, me Pearl, too. Pearl yeah, me Jam, too. Sabbath, fucking all that, Led Zeppelin. Pink Floyd, but I, I fucking I missed out on this band. There was really nothing going on at like '95 for music for me for some reason. It's like, well, you you mentioned you were taking care of your grandma. You had shit going on, yeah. bro. That's number one. Number two, do either. I've been listening to this music all my life, but I gotta be honest. There's bands that passed me by that I didn't know about until later. 
I can name a lot of bands that, you know. Sure. Uh, I mean, even growing up, like, when I found out, to me, well, I remember the new wave of British heavy metal, but the bands I remembered was Motorhead, Iron Maiden, Def Leppard, and I'm stressing the first three albums, and I know they like to downplay it and say, no, we just to rock back. No, you were fucking metal, dude. Those first three albums are <laughs> metal, you know. Um, you know, uh, of course, uh, I, you know, I, did I mention Maiden, Motorhead, yeah. Def Leppard? Those bands I, I knew about, I didn't really know about your Diamond Heads or your Angel Witches, or even I knew about Saxon, but I didn't know a, until a few years later. You know, yeah. and then I was like, holy shit, these guys are awesome, too. So sometimes I've come late to the party I, here. I'm like one of the biggest thrash metal maniacs I know, but a band that completely slipped me by until years later when I and again, thank God for the Internet. And that's violence. I didn't know anything yeah. about violence, man. But man, they're one of my favorite thrash metal bands now. And of course, I'm a big fan of the band that um one of the guitar players was in don't like everything they've ever done but what i do love i do love and that, of course that's machine head but my point that i'm trying to make is there's all kinds of bands mark that i've discovered after the fact there's even a funny meme where this this it's they've got more than one where it's a metal head and he's on a park bench and he's looking all fucking sad and it always say something fucked up and one of them was like discovered amazing new band on the internet found out they broke up 10 years ago you know like that shit happens sometimes yeah, yeah, all yeah. of us you know so don't 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 like beat yourself up dude i mean that shit's out of your control the fact of the matter is you're here now and that's all that fucking yeah. matters oh yeah I, i'm just this is like christmas because there's there's some good new bands out there but not as much to choose from so finding an old band is fucking like new to me is fucking rules also <laughs> so yeah well, you know, you need to listen to mine and Bushy's latest episode. We just did an episode covering new bands, and it's all over the spectrum. Like, one's a thrash. I threw in a couple of new wave of traditional metal bands and stuff that I think you would like, Mark. Now, not all of it. I don't think you would like the Let It Rot. That's a deathcore band. But I definitely think you would like Savage Master and uh, fucking um, bands like that. You know, haunt. I know you like haunt. I yeah, I like haunt. Before, so I like that group, Burning Witches, too. Oh yeah, they're awesome. As well. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, let's get to the next song. Did anybody pick this one? Nope. Uh, Pillars of Eternity. What did you think about this one, Mike? Ah, uh, Pillars of Eternity. Uh, one of the three tracks written by uh, Phil, solely by Phil Anselmo. Um, again, just starts with that killer thundering fucking drum intro pr provided by the amazing Jimmy Bauer uh, that goes right into the killer fill vocal with the awesome lyrics. I mean, like right here, crumbling worlds fall through my hands, in my mouth tastes bitter sand, grass is burning, pulses slow, drip by drip by backwards growing. Then he just does that insomo death talk that he does, that crawl, you know, because my brother... One of the things he was critical about, and I, you know, um, you remember when, of course, Pantera broke up, James, and they, and Dime and Vinny formed Damage Plan, uh, yeah. which Damage Plan's not really a bad record, but it's just kind of like all over the place. It's like they couldn't quite figure out where they wanted to go. But one of the critiques my older brother, David Tyler, also known as Scapegoat, had for it was, why is he doing the fucking Anselmo death talk, man? That's a Phil thing. He shouldn't be fucking doing that shit. When, and you'll notice Phil does that a lot, even with Pantera, where he'll sing, but then he'll talk in that real grand yeah. voice. Yeah. It's like, well, he did it in one of their biggest classic songs. You know, yeah. um, the, you know this love. I'd kill this myself. Love. 
I'd kill yeah. you for myself. And and that Patrick Blackman guy was doing that on the record, and it really turned my brother off. But yeah, um, that's a side note. I mean, this this is a is just a fucking great great song. And as far as I'm concerned, the lyrics right there, that opening lyric, that's Edgar Allan Poe worthy wordplay, in my opinion. Just killer riffs upon fucking killer riffs with an amazing solo by uh, Pepper. And from what I understand, Pantera was kind of irked about this song because, you know, Phil had a lot more to do with the songwriting process and Pantera than people realize. Now, I'm not taking anything away from the Abbott brothers because they were fantastic. Because, like, one of the things Phil says is, like, when I would come up with a riff, Dime would, like, take it and then make it, like, about a billion times better than when I wrote it. Like, the, the opening yeah. riff for Mouth of War, Phil wrote that, but Phil also played how he originally wrote it, and then you hear what Dime did with it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Phil was even like, fuck, tear it up, big boy, you're a badass, you know, because he, he, was, he was fucking amazing, he's Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, they were a little irked that they didn't even really want Phil doing this album, and then when they did this song, and it was, they were like, fuck, we could use that for Pantera. So they were a little irked from what Rex Brown said in his book. Yeah, something yeah. so uh, what do you guys think what do you think about it uh james man this song is about eating mushrooms and that's exactly <laughs> what me and my friends were doing at that time <laughs> yeah i love the way the drums start the song just uh you know and just just like it's like we just had the same notes like crumbling world falls through my hand and my mouth tastes bitter sand <laughs> i just think those lyrics are so good, man. You know, this this deflowered Mother Earth. You know, it, it, it had some really awesome lyrics in here. I love the guitars, you know, between Kurt Wadenstead and Pepper oh, yeah. Uh, You know, they're just going back and forth on this song, and they're both great players from great oh, bands. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, you know, I just love this tune, man. Well, anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge, huge Crowbar fan. Like, they're in my top fucking five, all right? That's how much I love oh, that wow. band. I yeah, love yeah. Crowbar, man. Like, it, you know, there's not very many bands I can say that where I love everything they've ever done. Crowbar's one of those ones. Even Equilibrium, it's my least favorite album, but even that record has some cool tracks on it. And what's funny is even Kirk feels about that album the way I do. So there you go, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, this is like such a killer song, man. Oh, it's uh, amazing. Oh, it's really hard to pick so a favorite. Good. I don't know about you, but <laughs> yeah. I have a hard time picking a fucking favorite. Well, I got like three favorites album. on here. I got I know, a little right? round of three, man. Uh, you know, and that's very hard to do. But... Yeah, and he picked one of us yeah. for his track of the week. <laughs> so, <laughs> the other one. Yeah, Lifer. Up. Lifer, man. Man, yeah. Lifer just, uh, you know. Probably my favorite song off here, but there's a couple more that uh, rotate. Oh, it's, <laughs> so, it's hard, dude. It's hard. It's hard. really hard. Yes, this, this album, yeah. This this upcoming song is killer, too. So what do you think about uh, the song, Lee? This makes all the grunge bands and grunge songs I've heard sound like pure shit by comparison. <laughs> yes! This group knows yes! what it's doing. Yeah. For some reason... Phil and Selma put together a group that kicks ass, and so far they've done everything right. This song is one example of that. Oh my god, the drums are oh, so fucking oh good on this song. I'm, I, I'm so happy you're digging it, Lee. That's awesome. I told you you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. 
for sure. That's great. The one thing I can I have to honestly tell you, and, 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 and I don't say stuff easily, this is probably <laughs> um, of the of, of the heavy metal albums from the modern day time. The only album that that compares to it for me is Master of Puppets by Metallica. Damn, Lee, that is very high praise. Yeah, wow. Praise. Yeah. It is yeah. a it is a metal masterpiece though. I, I think this goes along with a band an album like yeah. that. Definitely. Yeah, I, I do, man. I think it's up there with some of the Pantera stuff, man. I oh, mean, for sure. Album is sure. killer, man. Album's killer. I, yeah. I, I don't want to offend you, James, when I say that I think this is far, far better. As if um, Phil, as if instead of Phil being the bad guy in the group that was the bad apple, he was the one guy who, when he was left, he got all the great people. I, I'm sorry. No, no, I, I do like some of Pantera, I'm, I'm, I, but I'm just saying this album, this album to me was very impressive. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. It, is, it is awesome, man. It's like awesome. I, well, my opinion on this song is the drums fucking roll. Phil sounds fucking amazing. This sounds like so much like fucking Sabbath. I think Iomi's fucking trying to steal some riffs back. This is a fucking <laughs> great song, man. Fucking <laughs> Iomi's listening to this go, fuck, I could use that for the next album. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's definitely he's heavy like, Sabbath influence in this band. He's like fucking hell. <laughs> Why did yeah. I come up with that first? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, we I definitely think two of the guitar players in that band, Pepper and Kirk Winstein, definitely went to the uh, school of Tony Iommi riffage. Oh yeah. You know? I, oh, you know, man. come on, and man. Scattered, I mean, yeah, and some scattered influence, oh, too. for sure, for sure. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, don't, totally, man. Um, when I seen Down, uh, I and it was really cool, it was a great tour, because it was an evening with Down. They did two sets. Damn, and that's they awesome. Had, and they had Rex in the band at that point in time. Rex, uh, see, yeah, 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 yeah Rex. A lot of people that, forget that, that Rex point. Yeah, he, he uh, yeah, it was an amazing lineup, and and they came out, and what they did is they had a huge screen TV, so they played a lot of videos, or some of them were actually old school promos from the '70s from the bands they loved growing up. And of course, there was Sabbath and and Skinner. There's a bit of Zeppelin and some ACDC, Zeppelin, man. Yeah. And they yeah. come out and they just killed it for a half, then go back inside, played more videos, then come back and kicked our ass even more. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen, man. It was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I saw Down on the second tour for Down right. 2, but, and Rex was in the band. Right. And, and I saw him at the House of Blues, so it was a perfect place to see him up close, man. Right on, and, man. Uh, yeah, man, I got to meet him and everything, so it, it, it was really cool. And, uh, man, I, I just, I'm telling all you guys that are just discovering this album, check out Down 2. The second really? album. Really? Check out their entire Muscle discography if you get a chance, I think. Yeah, the, I, the second album, to me, man, is like, it's, it's different from this one, but it's, it's you know, right up there with this one. You know, I really love it, too. Those first two down albums, too. God. In this case, I'll actually listen to your advice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of mellow stuff on the second down album, man. Uh, definitely, man. And uh, so, if you guys love this, I think you'll love that too. Yeah, for sure. It's great that I got Lee because he's honest. I had a, another guy who like tried to make me happy and tried to like everything I did, and it came off so disingenuous. I quit. <laughs> it's like well, dude, Phil yeah. on the. Yeah, on on the second album, Phil actually sings sings even more than he does on this album. Yeah, so uh, he does a lot of singing on the second album. Yeah, that baritone kind of singing, man, it, it sounds really good too. Yeah, well, let's get to the next track, Rehab. What do you think about this one, Mike? Again, um, another song written by Phil and Pepper. The majority of the album was written uh, with them, but this also has a co-write with Kirk Winstein, who, of course, from Crowbar. Um, man, just track opens up with that soulful southern drawl uh, vocal intro by Phil, that long delay below. I just fucking love it, man. And it just sets the mood or the vibe or whatever I'm trying to say of the track right away. I think, I think also this Phil... Um, uh, it shows off Phil's vocal versatility. Uh, yeah, you know, especially how he would go from aggressive to melodic during the chorus. I just love that, and uh, and also uh, it's the kind of track that you can just kind of walk down the street in a fucking drunken stupor, and it would go seamless with the music. Just a phenomenal track. Great musicianship. Great. I mean, I can't keep saying enough. The rhythm section of Strange and Bauer combined with the, 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 the killer twin guitar attack of, of, of Pepper Keenan and Kirk Winstein. I, I, I just can't say enough about it. I, I'm getting to the point where I'm almost like repeating myself, but it is what it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What'd you guys think? Uh, what'd you think about it, James? I mean, I love the way this song starts out with Phil's voice, and mm -hmm. he really does some really cool singing in that baritone vocal range you know, showing a different side of his voice, you know, and I, I friggin' love it. There's some deep lyrics here talking about dealing with rehab and um, uh, give me some medicine. I'm drowning through sorrow. Awesome lyrics. I love the way the song closes out with the guitars. It's just a solid album song for sure. What did you think about it, Lee? This song sounds like the band studied Pearl Jam's music so they could do something like Pearl Jam, but prove that Pearl Jam got it wrong. <laughs> this group succeeded. This is so much better than anything Pearl Jam did. Oh boy. Bill is singing great here. This is becoming one hell of a good album. <laughs> You know, you know what? what? I kind of agree with you on that, Lee. Pearl Jam is great, but this album so far beats any of their albums at this time. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I love Pearl Jam, so that comes from a huge Pearl Jam fan. <laughs> well, you love everything. I do not. <laughs> well, no, no, you don't love good stuff. But I don't like mind. Dottie Sorry. and Marie. I'm I was, kidding. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I agree with you. I don't like them either. My wife loves them. I played it for her birthday, and I don't care because she wanted to hear. I mean, it. I like Marie. Awesome. <laughs> hey, you uh, got it. Hey, as, happy. As physically, oh. but, yeah. Not oh. But my wife's favorite band is Rush, so she gets a pass. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. That's there cool. you go. Yeah. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. All right. This is what I think about this song. Uh, shit, this album's not letting me down. This song rips fucking groove and shit. I like it when Phil is like singing it and screaming it. 
Fucking this, and this is a little funky too. Fucking, this is my favorite on here so far. Fucking a great track, man. This album, uh, fuck, awesome. I need, I want to, after listening to this yesterday, dude, I want it on vinyl now. <laughs> oh, only the good, only the good albums get vinyl. <laughs> I don't waste yeah. like $28 on a fucking Backstreet Boys album. <laughs> fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hey. I'm not sorry for people who like that. I will bag on fucking crappy ass pop. <laughs> so. oh, I hate it. I hate it. I can't help it. I hate. It. It makes me want to fucking vomit. Oh my god, it's so fucking manufactured. Is it isn't funny, man? It's worse than fucking hey. scab kiss. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is worse than scab kiss. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the next track, which is uh. Hail to the Leaf. What would you think about this one, Mike? Oh, fuck. Another winner here. Um, of course, hold on a second. Um, this album, this song, particularly, was written by exclusively by Phil, another one of the ones he wrote by himself. Uh, to me, it's, it's, it's a song that's practically a love letter to the marijuana, <laughs> uh, just like Sweet Tea was by the gods themselves, Black Sabbath, before Down. <laughs> the musicianship on this um, record, the entire record, including this song, is just fucking phenomenal. I also love how the song goes into um, an amazing rhythm section interlude provided by Jimmy um, and Todd, where you just where you can hear someone smoking their bong, and then yeah. it just goes fantastic fucking riff. Yeah. And I fucking love the outro. I love the outro, man. Uh, where he's like, I can't feel you, you can't breathe. That whole fucking, you know, and that riff that goes along with it. Just fucking amaze balls, man. This track rules. Um, once again, we have a winner, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is turning into a love fest, but what, what? You know, it is. It is what it is, and this is a fucking metal masterpiece. I fucking adore this song. What do you think, James? I mean, damn, it's one of my favorites on the album. Everybody loved to party and catch a buzz to this tune. And, uh, you know, it feel hit a bong right in the middle of it. I mean, you know. And then that riff. Yeah, ba -da -da -da, ba yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fucking amazing. Yeah. And I, I've seen him do that on stage, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, I, I mean, I love the song title. You can tell these dudes were having fun recording this album. Oh, for sure. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I love the rawness in the production, but all the instruments sound really good, and it's just a jamming tune. What did you think about it, Lee? Okay, here is the one point where I disagree. Please don't hate me. This <laughs> song I could do without. It sounds like filler, and it's not something I would go back to if I heard this album again, the group sounds like they needed to do one more song, so this was it. Yeah, I was like listening to this. This is the song where I go, fuck, they're taking bong rips in the middle. I could have been taking bong rips in the middle of this when this shit came out. Fuck, because I love shit that did that in fucking songs. <laughs> you know, fucking, fucking, yeah. like fucking Tesla's Toke It Up. You know, this is like right oh, up yeah. there with that song, man. I fucking love it. 
and it's yeah, like it, it's like he goes in a fucking weird voice and fucking so does jeff keith and that song where he goes a singing and a swagging you know <laughs> fucking right uh, this song reminds me of having that. fun yeah yeah it was a, you know, they were getting better high. than anything avril lavigne did so, there you well, go. I fucking hope so. Oh yeah, my really. god, she was yeah. married to Nickelback, so fuck. Nickelback only had one good album, <laughs> to me. Nickelback had no fucking good album. I like fucking, uh, fucking I Dark. I them in the middle of the ocean. Dark Horse is kind of metal. Even Nate likes that album, but you got, we both like Sammy Hagar. It's by a group called 100 Flowers. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know if all of you would be um, into it, but if I could find it. I would be interested in all of us doing an album, um, doing the review of that album. That was like a weird punk album from the, like the 80s um, in LA. And, 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 and they were really out there. And, 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 I, and I just saw that right now because I'm drinking. But, <laughs> but, but, if, we, but, but uh, if all four of us could be on that album, 100 Flowers, uh, I could find a good download. I'd love us to do it. Tell you what, Lee. Yeah. You anytime we'll you guys it. want me on, man, you let me know. Fact, okay. Yeah. If I find I'll it, do it. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the download to it. Shit, I can't even all do right. it. I can't even do a fucking metal album without thinking, fuck. I gotta think of James would want to do this one before I fucking not invite him. Because if I don't invite him, I'm gonna get shit. <laughs> well, 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 the 100 Flowers album is is. Don't yeah, that's my favorite. 100 Flowers is being like Flowers, which is Matchbox 20, which is not yeah. good. Think, 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 think more. Well, you said punk. Really weird, right, Lee? You said punk. They were punk. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what not is like Matchbox 20. California is falling into the ocean. Wow, all right. And that's that kind of a was like title. about a 10 minute song, and most of their other songs are like a minute and a half to two minutes at most. All right, man. So let's get, in, right. let's get into the next track, uh, Underneath Everything. What do you think about this one, Mike? Underneath Everything, written by Anselmo and Pepper Keenan, once again, uh, starts off with what my older brother calls the Anselmo badass death talk. Uh, not kind of, I'm not really making out what he's saying, but you can tell whatever it is. The vibe I get is he's fucking. There's some, there's some anger in it, that, there. There's some bitterness. There's, you know, and um, also what I get out of the uh, the song, I mean, even the lyrics, "Woe to me, battered man, raise the monolith." Demonized, my spirit rise like days the world forgets. Down the drain, laid to blame, a full ass hearty bliss, borderline suicide, celebrate before my death. Like, what I get out is, is anyone who's had uh, had life just pull a fucking bag over your face and just straight up kick you in the fucking groin can relate to this track. We've all been there, you know, and I just love it. And I love the acoustical outro. Um, it's just a great tune from beginning to end. Once again, man, we have a lady, uh, winner, ladies and gentlemen. I don't see how this is. Again, I almost feel like I'm fucking repeating myself. I've almost ran out of awesome things to say about this <laughs> album, and this record, and these songs. But just a killer, killer fucking track. Uh, what do you guys think? What'd you think, James? Uh, well, the guitars just start out with a killer riff. And then the rest of the band comes in, and, and it's just some heavy grooves. And Phil's lyrics are just fantastic on this one. 
you know, give up. That's enough. I'm underneath my life. Uh, the guitars have some sweet harmonies mm-hmm. through the middle. Yeah, while staying heavy as hell at the same time. And uh, I love the way the song fades out, too. It's a, just a great album track. You know, another another masterpiece song from these guys. Uh, yeah, man, it's fucking killer rhythm. And on headphones, this album is fucking a trip. And love it. Uh, love it. Killer track. Fucking, I already said that shit. I meant, I crossed out the wrong one. I meant aggressive fill vocals, good riffs, and love it when he talks, you know, like you keep talking about Mike. It kind of reminds you like Daily Roth, like yammering in the background. You know? Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like he said, I'm going to do Daily Roth, but I'm going to do it better. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. Interesting you should say that, Mark, because again, we're talking about a different band, but to me, Pantera... To me, they were to the 90s what Sabbath was to the 70s, but also what Van Halen was, too. And there's a lot of parallels there. You have the, the brothers that are incredibly talented. One's a drummer. The other's a guitar player. Uh, you have the, 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 the bass player who's always keeping the low end, who's kind of like the most underrated member of the band, but fucking incredible. Yes. Then you have the, the ignomatic fucking front man who just knew how to grab a crowd in the palm of his hand. Now, I never got to see Van Halen live, but I've heard a lot of stories about how David Lee Roth was live, you know. Well, I'm telling you, I saw Pantera live several times, and Phil is one of the greatest fucking front men I've ever seen live. He can fucking hold an audience in the palm of his hand. He is the one of the best to do it, you know. So the comparison to David Lee Roth, in my opinion friend is fucking valid man yes i agree totally agree man he's like david lee roth ozzy and uh fucking uh dio or something wrapped up in one yeah you know he he was the best front man i've ever seen and i i got to see him five times and uh man they never disappointed me ever never Never. uh just seeing him slay skid row the first time it was just (laughs) unbelievable dude right but yeah but yeah phil was the man he's definitely you know and to me still is i love phil and the illegals and uh i definitely love anything down does and you know oh yeah yeah all his bands super joint ritual the thing that i think is kind of cool about phil is all his bands sound different though nothing sounds the same they're all different everything is different he makes it a point to do that. So whether they're if so if you don't like Super Joint or if you don't like Scour or the Illegals, well you're gonna Scour. like Pantera. Or yes. maybe you'll like or maybe you'll like um down, you know, and that's what's kinda down, cool yeah. about him. He's very multi talented in my opinion. Sure yeah. is. What what did you think of the song, Lee? Oh. Um well, um I didn't love Phil's voice on all of the song. But the song itself and the music, I absolutely love. This is even better than Megadeth. And you'd ordinarily never hear me say that. This group is on fire, and this song is the smoke. Nice. Damn. Awesome, man. I'm loving this. Then we get to the next track, Eyes of the South, which Mike picked. So here's Eyes of the South on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Thank you. 
of his eyes of the south. Why'd you pick this track, Mike? Oh God, because um, it fucking rules. All right, number one. <laughs> um, I mean, this song, this fucking song. I just love the whole thing. How it starts off with Todd playing that steady bass line, you know, and then Pepper's fucking tooling around on the guitar, showing his shit, you know, and it's got this like real slow and soulful intro that then has Kurt go into it, that groovy riff, and then goes into a saptastic riff that just keeps building and building and building with that whole da na 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 but I just love it. And then when Phil just comes in with the God damn, I fucking love this song. I've always loved this song. Tied with my favorite song of the album, man. It's like, if my favorite song's one, then this is 1A. I fucking love this song. In fact, when I used yeah. to do stand-up, I used this fucking intro for my intro before I'd come out on stage. Nice. I fucking love this song. What do you think about That's it, awesome. James? Man, this is like the the definitive uh, of a deep album cut for me. You know, I love this tune like crazy. Uh, the way it slowly builds and then the whole band comes in just totally killing it. You know, um, good, hard, uh, southern, you know, it's like Sabbath and Skinner just in a blender to me. You know, and the South is mine, but she gives me so much suffrage with my pain. Just killer lyrics. Yes, the band, yes. Yes, yes. The band's all from the South, basically, and that's what this song is about. It's definitely a Southern flavor tune. I especially love the breakdown around three minutes, 20 seconds in with Phil's voice, just some beautiful vocals. And then the next heavy riff just kicking in to, to finish the song out. I mean, man, it's just hell yeah. So all I got to say is hell yeah. You know, song if, if, awesome. if I could interject for just a minute, man, the way you mentioned his vocals, his vocals to me, James almost sounded haunting. You know, yeah, like, yeah. it's just it's like, like and you can just feel, me. you can feel his pain. You can feel his pain. Yeah. And then just the twin guitar attack of Kirk and Pepper, it just, it, Ah, it just don't get any better than that, man. And and not let's not give you know, forget Todd Strange and Jimmy Bauer. I mean, fuck. This song rules. Like I said, yeah. if this track's not number one, it's fucking one A. It rules. And that's why I picked yeah. it. What'd you think about it, Lee? Oh, the build up is like the group Great White. Ah! But this band <laughs> does it better. There's a few small parts in between the song that sound a little bit less great than the rest of the song, but still it's a great song, and I'm very impressed so far by this album. I give this song a thumbs up. Fucking Lee, you took my analogy, but I told this to Metal Mike. I don't know if you read that on the on the Brian on Brian's chat room where I when he played the song last week. I said it sounded like Great White Rock Me. You, you did. That you was did exactly say a little bit, man. Yeah, you're oh, talking wow. about that bass line. That bass line and the noodle and the noodling on guitar, like uh, Great White does too. Pepper's doing the same thing, and then but it goes into a totally different song than Rock Me. You know, Rock oh, Me yeah. does pick up and better. go fast. It's more bluesy. But Phil goes, God damn. You know, it's like fucking amazing. I fucking love this. But that total, I was like listening to that last week. I go, that's fucking great white Rock Me. Until Phil went, God damn. You know, I was like, damn. That's yeah. fucking killer. I loved it. And then we get to the uh, next song, uh, 
Jail. What'd you think about that one, Mike? Okay, now we're gonna hit the mellow part of the album. Um, this is and this is the mellow part after seven absolute fucking skull crushers before it. Just a very trippy psychedelic track. Uh, they're playing it caravan, if you will, in my opinion. Uh, just a great track to get completely fucking stoned and baked to. Just a beautiful acoustical piece. Um, very minimal on the vocals and lyrics. Uh, they let the music kind of just do the talking on this one. And it's really interesting to know that Phil plays the mandolin on this track. Just a fantastic fucking song, man. I love it. What would you guys think? What do you think, James? <laughs> Dude, uh, Mike, you hit it right on the head when you said this is their Planet Caravan. I totally agree with you, by the way. Uh, this is the most surprising song on the album. I think it's beautiful, nice, and mellow with Phil just singing softer. You know, talking about the heavy subject of jail, but uh, at the same time, it's just so mellow and trippy. I love all the vocals and different sounds. Uh, great song to chill out, catch a buzz to. You know, and I've seen Down perform this song several times. Yes. And I love it every time when they do this live. Every time, man, just uh, it's it's a classic for sure. Also, I wanted to point out this is one of the few songs in the album that's not just written by Phil and Pepper, but also Kirk and Todd has a co-write in this one. And I thought that was kind of worth mentioning because most of the album's written with by Phil and Pepper. Um, yeah. You know, and, but yeah, man, just a beautiful, beautiful fucking the piece of music in, in my opinion what'd you guys think man? what'd you think lee what a strange song to put on the album <laughs> don't get me wrong i like it i think it would work perfectly on the on a lorena mckennett album it shows the group's diversity and how they can play mellow stuff too so i'm not knocking it but it's a total change of pace from the rest of what i've heard so far yeah, and I was listening to it and go, oh, God, like you guys said, Planet Caravan, I was thinking that, too. And I go, oh, but this is like, uh, they mellow you out in this part of the album, you sit there and take some more bong rips, and then keep going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's time for a bong, exactly it's time to it mellow is, out, man. have a bong it or a beer, you know, just, and then we'll fucking hit you again. <laughs> and they like, they like to do this, too, man, because on the second album, there's a, there's an interlude on there called the Doobie Interlude. <laughs> and, uh, it is made perfect. It's a perfect little ditty for uh, catching the buzz, man. I, I, I urge both you guys to check that second album out. I think both of you will love it, too. Oh, I'm going to do it. I think Lisa Yeah, dude. It. And, and I love Todd Strange, man. But uh, Rex, when, when Rex joined down, I was just like, holy shit, that's half a Pantera right there. And Rex is such a great bass player. You can hear his bass all over that second album. It blows me away. Actually, I I kind of recommend Down's entire discography. I think it's all good. Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's all but, good. Down 3. Yeah. Uh, I love Down 3. That's a killer album. I even like Down 4, Part 1 and 2, man. Fuck. Me and I, I mean, I love everything Down, you know, uh, Witch Tripper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen yeah. him, I don't know, four or five times, probably, dude. And they, you know, down always kicked ass. But um, yeah, Rex being there was definitely my favorite lineup. But this, 
this album is the best album they ever did though you know i will say that you know they never topped this you know this is a masterpiece yeah And then we go to then we go to the next track, Losing All, which Lee picked. So here's Losing All by Down on the Freeform Rock Podcast. This is one called Losing All.
Okay, that was Losing All. Why'd you pick this song, Lee? This is one of the best songs on the album. It's a little bit weird, but it totally rocks, and I really dig it. What'd you think about it, uh, Mike? Uh, fuck. Again, I'm going to repeat myself. Uh, love it. I just love it when Phil announces this is one called Losing All. And then you go into the song with the guitar riffs kicking in with that southern fucking boogie groove that southern sludge metal is known for. Because the thing is, sludge metal had been around for a while. I mean, the Melvins are considered a pioneer in that and, and everything. But to me, there's a difference between Melvin-style sludge metal and southern sludge metal. And you can definitely hear the Southern in this record. Um, just a very dark subject matter as well, especially when it goes to the verse where it goes all sludgy and Phil goes into it, my wrists are slit. And then the, the whole orgasmic, outro, the, the whole orgasmic, because it is, this is fucking orgasmic outro riff with Phil singing losing all over and over again. Just fucking awesome, man. Uh, another banger, in my opinion. What did you think about it, James? I mean, it's just another solid album track. It starts out just rocking like hell. Um, Jimmy Bauer is such a killer drummer. You know, and I, I met him along with Phil, and they're both very cool guys. I, I love his drumming on this album the whole way through. And the guy can just k kill some drums out. And uh, the guitar groove is very strong on this song. And Phil's lyrics are deep on this tune. You know, just about losing all in life. Just, uh, But it's a very jamming song at the same time. And it's just got that southern groove to it. And I really dig it. Would you, uh, oh, it's my turn. <laughs> Lee did it first. This is like um, killer thin Lizzie riffs going on here and there. Uh, grooves. It fucking jams. I love it. <laughs> it's a great fucking song. It just reminded me of a Thin Lizzy with those riffs going back and forth. Fucking yeah, good. I never really Both thought about that, Mark, players. but that's a yeah. good fucking comparison. And I know yeah. Kirk would be yeah. honored because Kirk Winstein loves him some Thin Lizzy. So if Kirk could hear this, he'd be like, oh, you just compared me to Scott Gorham. Fuck. <laughs> he'd be freaking out right now, man. Yeah, uh, fuck, so. fucking rules. It just reminded me of Thin Lizzy. And then we get wrong with that. Then Lizzie's great. Yep. And then we get yeah, to yeah. next song, Stone the Crow, which I picked because I wanted to pick a song. Uh, I like this song, so I'm going to play it. So here's Stone the Crow on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
Have a stone the crow what'd you think about this one mike oh gosh uh in my opinion probably the second most mellow track on the album um i definitely feel the leonard skinner uh influence and the love on this one i mean there's some sabbath in there too don't get me wrong but it's just got that southern boogie swag to it and then the whole blues on the um oh what's the part i'm talking about but it's like it's just there's definitely some blues influences there to me it's the most accessible track of the album and when i was doing my research it even pretty much confirmed this that they had released i believe four singles from this uh record including stone the crow there was lifer temptations wane and bury me in smoke however yeah. only stone the crow would achieve commercial success when it reached number 40 on the mainstream rock charts uh, becoming Down's first and only top 40 uh, song. So there you go right there. I mean, and I don't mean that in any bad way, but it is a very accessible song. I think people who wouldn't really be into metal would even like this song. It's just got that cool groove and swag to it and um, just a lot of Southern influence on this one for sure. I like it, man. I, I dig it. It's Again, we have a winner, folks. It's fucking what, awesome. What do you think about it, James? Uh, the single off this album that I absolutely love. Uh, this song just got me right away. Phil's vocals are so damn strong, and uh, it, you know his his lyrics are just so good. Um, I think he's got the best metal voice I've ever heard. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I I love the way he sings in this song. And around three minutes in the song, it really kicks in hard and i love the way it ends with, with uh kirk and pepper just jamming the guitars tearing it up awesome song what'd you think about it lee before i tell you i want to ask you why did you have to pick this song because you guys picked all the better ones <laughs> this is, i wanted to pick I a was song going to say <laughs> if you had let me have a second choice i would have picked it oh, okay <laughs> this is a cool song it has a Neil Young vibe, but I couldn't picture Neil Young singing this. It's a great song that has a great level of layers to it. It starts like a more normal rock song, and then it gets heavier and still maintains its greatness. It's one of the best songs on the album. 
Yeah, um, it kind of sounded like the Doobie Brothers to me a little bit here and there. And it had that Leonard Skinner. It's like Doobie Brothers mixed with Leonard Skinner. It has that fucking light southern and strong southern track to it. It's like fucking acoustic like the Almond Doobies. Almond Brothers. Yeah, yeah, Almond Brothers. Almond too, Brothers. Man. I can yeah. hear the Doobies, Almond Brothers, Leonard Skinner all sing this song, man. It's a fucking amazing song. And it was one of my favorites on here. And you guys picked... Uh, the other songs I liked a lot. <laughs> so, just kept it at this one then. Well, in my opinion, Mark, you couldn't really go wrong with any right. of the songs on this album. You know, yeah. as far as picking, I mean, it's just, it's a fucking masterpiece. We keep saying that over and over. At least I do. I don't know James feels the same way. It seems like you guys were pretty much there with us. I mean, yeah. for fuck's sake, leave yeah. compared just to masters to puppets. I mean, <laughs> and make it up. It's like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong, I, but I'm right there with them. It's not thrash metal, but it's just as good as those albums. So. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really I, good. I agree. And then we get to an uh, instrumental, Pray for the Locust. What did you think about this one, Mike? Um, written by Ensemble. It's actually him playing the guitar, which, again, shows you his musical versatility. Um, just a beautiful instrumental yeah. But honestly, I can't really listen to it without hearing the following track as well. It just kind of blends together to me like that. It's very reminiscent of Embryo before Children of the Grave and Orchid before Lord of This World on Black Sabbath's Master of Reality. That's that's the vibe I get from it. But I love that. I love the fact that it goes into the next song. So when whenever I've played this song on the Metal Mike show on that metalstation.com every Friday night, folks, 8 p.m. to what? 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Plug, plug. Hell yeah. Um, when I play this song, I always play it with the next track. Because to me, it, it's just, you can't have one without the other. That's just my uh, feeling about it. What are your thoughts, James? Man, I totally agree with you. And uh, Master Reality is my favorite Sabbath album, by the way. And I totally get what you're saying. About Mine too. Mine there. too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, you know, it's a very short interlude, but I do love the acoustic guitars, you know, and uh, Phil can definitely play guitar good enough to write some songs, that's for sure. And um, I love that sweet riff. It's uh, just a very cool short interlude to me, and uh, I, I dig it. And just like Metal Mike said, it's got to be played with the next song. It's just That's just the way it is. What did you think about it, Lee? I really like this song. It's short and acoustic, but it really holds its own. I think it works here, and it's a fine song. To me, I don't know if you guys heard it, but to me, it totally sounded like a Triumph interlude from the band Triumph. Oh, okay. It's, uh, it sounded like fucking something Rick Emmett would do on a Triumph album. He has done this hey, interludes I into like songs. Triumph. Yeah. I think Triumph's a very underrated band, you know? So, I used to have their live show from, it was on VHS from the Us Festival. I had that too. It was so great. good. Uh, yeah. Fucking oh, rules. it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I have the soundtrack on DVD, on CD. So, it's really oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Cool. They re uh, they first released it with like fucking, you hear the like, the stage hands talking. And they since released it where they took that shit off. <laughs> it's fucking I'm cool. Yeah. So, um. We get to the next track, Swan Song. What would you think about this one, uh, Mike? Swan Song. 
this particular track was written by Phil Pepper and Jimmy Bauer, who plays guitar in I Hate God, but is the right. drummer on this in this particular band. Uh, again, another absolute fucking banger. I mean, the intro, the intro riff is just straight up a punch to the throat. I love also the double echo vocals by Phil in the chorus. You know, uh, the God-given time, and then you hear God-given time. Oh, you know, I just love that part, man. I And, and it's just, uh, yeah, I just love that. And I also like how it goes into the heaviest fuck bridge uh, where, you know, and then the pre-chorus uh, where it's like hero, just the whole fucking yeah. song. And I love the outro where Phil says, thanks. No, thank you. <laughs> I just love it. kind of reminds me of uh, David Lee Roth and Jump when he's like, hey, you, who said that? Hey, baby, how you been? I always uh, loved how David Lee Roth did that. I always thought that was, hey, you, who said that, he says. And then he goes right back into the song. It just yeah. fucking cracks me up. And that's kind of what this reminded me of. Uh, James, what are your thoughts, brother? Man, it's a deep album track here that shows the band doing some heavy Sabbath worship. Yes. Uh, and some I love of the, it so much. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, you can, I can hear, hear Sabbath all day long in this song and Phil's lyrics. The pills, windowsill, a razor blade, can't escape. You know, I could I could totally hear Ozzy's voice on this song. Oh, for sure. That's how... That that's how that's how I think how much it connects to Sabbath, man, with these guys and um, some very Sabbath-like guitar riffs. It sounds like they're just in the studio, just letting everybody totally flow. And uh, I I totally dig this song. Yeah, I wish I had Ozzy's here because you know what I would love to see. There's been times where Ozzy in the past has collaborated with great bands like that fucking cover they do of that old rock song Pictures of Matchstick Men that Ozzy did with Typo Negative. I fucking loved hearing Ozzy oh, voice yeah, yeah, yeah. over the, those thick and heavy slowed down Typo Negative guitars and bass and he you know, he did of course a remake of MIB with Primus which is amazing. I'm like Ozzy should do a fucking album with Down. That's yeah, what man, I could do. totally she hear did. Ozzy singing oh, on this album. Fuck, are you kidding me? I, I, I could totally Kevin, hear Ozzy singing Kevin all these songs. Phil together would be fucking amazing, man. That's what I. If yeah. I had Ozzy's ear, I'd be like, bro, fuck this fucking Post Malone shit. You need to do something with these guys, because you know, down and do it in fucking five seconds. Oh yeah, 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 Phil, yeah, yeah, Phil, Phil's totally cool with Ozzy and Cher, and you yeah, know, right. how many times Pantera. And down and super joint all played the Ozfest, man. Of course, I saw of I saw every Ozfest from uh, '97 through 2007, except for 2002 when Sharon you know, got breast cancer and it canceled here. You know what, brother? I think you and I might have been brothers from another mother. Like seriously, dude. Yeah, dude. So much of myself sometimes. I didn't. I never miss Ozfest from like '97. No, me neither. Like man. a decade. It was, yeah, it was great. It was great, yeah. man. I missed down headlining the second stage though when they canceled here because of Sharon's breast cancer. Yeah, but, you know, same thing happened they, here. They had man. to do what they had to do. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that man, that killed me because down was headlining the second stage. It was going to be awesome. So, yeah. yeah, that's the only one I missed in like a decade. You know, so right yeah, on, I could totally see Ozzy singing some stuff on this album with Phil. That would be amazing. Fuck yeah. Anyway, man, sorry for that side note. No problem. Guys, 
<laughs> what did you yeah. think, of this you think song? about it, Lee? This is a cool song. If it were the last song on the album, I think it would have worked because the title is Swan Song, which usually means the last song. But I'm totally okay with it not being the last song. It's good. I give it my approval. Yeah, it's, it has some cool riffs, and awesome. it's. A, it's a total deep track, like James said, and it's really good. It doesn't distract from the album at all. It's really good. The other the other album that I'm thinking all four of us could review at one point, if any of you are into it, is Chris Holmes' album, Shitting Bricks. <laughs> Chris Holmes. From Lost? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I checked that yeah, out, man. I, I love Wasp. He's got a documentary yeah, on Wasp. Amazon. Yeah. Album, but but if, if 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 you're willing to listen to it, hey, I I think it's it's quite interesting. Hey, man, I'll check it out, dude. Cool. Yeah, yeah man. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll give yeah. you links. Yeah, dude, we're cool. down. I mean, I'm down to do any any of the albums. You know, I'm a Wasp fan through Last Command. That that's where. Wasp. I like Headless it's Children. Awesome. I didn't care for um, uh, Electric Circus, but I like the album. No, Headless no, Children. Man. Electric Holmes Circus lost me. Thought Headless yeah. Children was the best album that Wasp ever did. Who? Chris Holmes thought that. Yeah, I he like Headless Children. Else that they did sucked, but that A album after ruled. Yeah, because I, I like the first record. Love the first record. Liked um, oh, yeah. Last Command. Yeah, Electric yeah. Circus was a disappointment to me, but I thought um, Headless Children was a pretty good comeback. I mean, there's some songs in there that are almost thrashy to me, to yeah, my ears. I should listen uh, to it again, I guess. Yeah, it was a pretty know. heavy record, man. It, it's a much better record than Electric Circus. Electric Circus Later, suckers like, just turned me off, dude. Well, from dude, it was like, oh, I, I yeah. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk later about that, James, because like I said, I think yeah. that's one thing where you and I are like, if a band puts out a shitty album at, I kind of tune them out for a while because it's just like, yeah. oh, you know, it's which is not, not always the right thing to do because there's been times I've missed really cool stuff by doing that. But anyway, uh, what did you think of the song, Mark? Uh, this jams, man. It's a great song. I already said what I thought about it. Oh, <laughs> did you? Yeah. That's oh, what yeah. It's like. okay. It was lead. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a good song. It's a good deep track. And then we get to the last track, which you picked as one of your tracks of the week, so we won't play it right now. Played at the end, but bury me in smoke. What'd you think about this, James? I mean, yeah, this song is definitely in my top three, and sometimes my favorite song off this album. It's so damn powerful and heavy as hell with that crunching guitar riff. I love Phil's vocal delivery here and his lyrics on this song. The band sounds amazing as well. You know what a damn heavy ass groove. And, uh, you know, when I die, bury me in smoke. I mean, man, just some great lyrics. Four minutes into this song, it goes into another killer riff. So the guitars can just tear it up, you know, and both Pepper and Kirk rip it up to close out this great song and album. You know, it was just this album was just an unexpected masterpiece that come out in 95 and blew my ass away. And uh, this is definitely up there with the best songs on this album. What did you think about it, Mike? Oh, man. Uh, 
Yeah, it's just fucking phenomenal, man. I mean, from the very beginning to the close. It's to me, it's the epic closing track. It's an it's a to me a great album should always end with an epic closer. I mean, if you go through your great not just metal but anything, you always have that epic closing track. For instance, to me, um, Blizzard of Oz. It goes from you know the uh, Revelation Mother Earth to Steal the Way the Night. Yeah. I'm a madman for Ozzy as, uh, for the second album. So, you know, the, um, I feel like um, Into the Void, Black Sabbath off uh, Master of Reality. Or uh, look at some of Metallica's uh, epic closing oh, tracks. Oh, Damage Incorporated? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Led Zeppelin yeah. even, When the Levee Breaks. I mean, come on, man. You know, To me, every phenomenal classic album has to have that epic closing track. That is what this is to this incredible, amazing, phenomenal, fucking, just an instant fucking classic. Like, when this album came out, it was an instant fucking classic. Um, and, you know, if this is the track that if someone who isn't familiar with Down, let's go, well, bro, what do they sound like? This is the fucking track I play for them. And I would say, listen yeah. to this. This album is fucking majestic. There's no other word for it, man. It is. I'm with Lee. It's right up there with the classics, man. Right up there. there. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, that's pretty much all I got to say about that in the immortal words of Forrest Gump. What do you guys think? What do you think, Lee? Well, first, James, why did you pick this song? Why did I pick this song? I, I think this song's amazing, man. And uh, I wanted it you know, plays at some point on the podcast because it's that good. That's why I picked it. Well, I'm asking you because if you hadn't have picked it and Mark had let me pick another song, I would have picked it. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's my boy, Lee. You're It's my one boy, of the Lee. best on the album. Wow. I would prefer listening to this song any day of the week over Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. I kid you not. It's a great tune. It has all the right elements to it. Music, lyrics, musicianship, and vocals. It's top-notch. Yeah, it's... Wow, man. Wow. I'm pulling myself. it away. Yeah, and Lee just took the... Away, man. Lee, Lee and James, and you guys took the words out of my mouth. This is fucking... Uh, this is jams. Kicks so much, so much ass. And I knew James or somebody was going to kiss this ass's song, so I didn't write too many notes about it. <laughs> I'm That's not all right. an ass kisser, but if, it, if, 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 if the butt fits, my lips are ready. Well, I thought about James kissing this ass's song because Mike said, well, I'm not going to pick uh, Smoke the Bury Me in Smoke because... Uh, James is going to pick that. James Wood. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Pick of course I'm going to pick the song. song <laughs> that's why I picked yeah. Eyes of the South, because Eyes of the South to me is... But like I said, dude, any honestly, with almost all these songs, we could have picked any one of these songs, yeah. even Jail, and you can't yeah. go wrong. You can't go wrong, man. This, yeah. this record fucking rules, man. And Mark and Lee, I thank you for letting me, A, pick the album, and then having me on here... It's an honor. Hey, thank, thank you, guys. you, man. You know Dude, what? I, um, I it's, have to it's, review it's the second like, album. <laughs> I, I heard it and I thought to myself, "Holy shit!" Well, you know this what? This album is fucking good. 
I, I, you, you know, know that's what I, I was curious about what you were going to think about, Lee, because to me, yeah, you are me so too. unpredictable. I wanted bro. to tease you a little bit in the beginning by, <laughs> by making you wonder, but, 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 but hey, I, that was I all in do, fun. though, like, whenever but I listen to any is, episode. It's, 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 hey, man, if, if I like something and I'm impressed with it, I give you kudos, and I give you kudos. Thank you, brother, because, like, I was going to say with you, man, you always surprise me. Like, there's times where I'm like, oh, Lee's going to hate this. And then he'll go, I love it. And then I'll be like, oh, Lee'd probably be down with that. I think it sucks. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. Like, that's what, I, that's what I love about you, brother. You're so unpredictable. So whenever I listen to you guys, I'm always like, hmm, I wonder what Lee's going to think of this record or this song. And nine times out of ten, you, you, you surprise me. Hey. Oh, hey, thank you. I'm worried about that tenth time when I don't surprise you. But it's all good. Hey, hey man, I'm totally surprised with Lee on this album, and I'm I'm really happy as hell that he loves it. That that's I think that's cool, very cool, man. I wasn't and, that uh, that I, I, I listened to this on my own. I was, listen to more down, dude. Go listen well, to down. You know what? Too. Why don't we I'll make listen, ourselves a I'll promise? Why don't we review all the other down albums? Like not right away, but down the road. We'll do yeah, down we can. Two and three and the other ones, man. Like fuck it, let's do it, man. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a plan. And we'll even with yeah, you the, yeah. the bands that Lee wants to do. Fuck it, I'm down. Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, I'm down but, but too. James and um, Mike, um, 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 if if I find a hundred flowers, that 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 that's like an old punk album that that um, <laughs> I don't even. I mean, I don't know if if it's I it's downloaded, but it might be an old scratchy copy from. From an album, I, I don't as, know. As long but, as but, I can hear the music, but yeah, yeah, but I mean, and, and then, but but Chris Holmes, that might be for a way, way later date, you know. Hey, but, 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 but I mean, again, his, his shit is like way weird, but um, fun. Chris is a guy that I'm down to hear because, like I said, I I love Wasp, especially the first couple albums. Um, I'm a fan, so I'm I'm yeah. definitely you he know used he used um. Phil Taylor from Motorhead on the drums. Oh, nice! And uh, so, and so, I got to listen. I have to hear this now. I have yeah, to. Yeah. yeah, really. I heard that's the reason why um, Chris Holmes didn't pass the audition for Motorhead was because Lemmy told him, "You're too fucking tall, man." Fuck. But 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 Chris laughed. He said. Lemmy was a great guy. He said it was a good friend, but he said, "Yeah, he said <laughs> a, like a he said some like imagine me sweating and being on top of someone a lot shorter than me. I'm like six seven or whatever tall." So he laughed, but 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 he said Lemmy was great, and he said Phil was really cool. Cool man. Yeah, Lemmy. Lemmy was awesome, man. I mean, how could you not like Lemmy? That guy yeah. was just cool as shit, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I yeah. love Motorhead. Oh yeah. All right. So that was our review of uh, uh, Nola by Down. But I got some questions to ask you before we get off the air, guys. Before we play our tracks of the week. Um, what do you think about uh, the passing of Tony Katane yesterday, or the night before? Breaks my heart. I, like most of us in that age group, were probably in love with Tony Katane. I know oh, I was. Oh, fuck yeah, I was too. <laughs> and and not too. just because of her 
Whitesnake videos. I mean, I loved her in the movies, man. I mean, bachelor yeah. party. Yeah. Just well, I have a Switch thing board. like redhead. Redheads are my kryptonite, and she was a redhead, <laughs> so it was like, oh fuck, you know. But yeah, it breaks my heart, bumps me out, you know. But the way I look at it, she's up there. Maybe, hopefully, she's out there fucking rocking out and hanging out with uh, Robin Crosby, her uh, her first love, you know. She said, yeah. really, that he was the love of her life, you know. So, um, hopefully, you know, out there somewhere on the other side, they're reunited. And, you know, uh, that's all we can hope for, I guess, man. It, it sucks. It, it bumps me out. I'm like, oh, man, she died in the same day my mom did. That sucks. Yeah. She was you know? born on my mom's birthday. I was like, damn. But not the year, the, just the date. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I yeah. get you, bro. I got you. But I was like, I was like, fuck. I, I didn't believe it when fucking... Uh, I didn't either. Eric Senzak wrote it. Chris Senzak wrote it. It wasn't like verified by any news site, but I guess they know people. But um, yeah. and then the next morning, all the, saw it. all the news sites had it, and fucking yeah. Nate was going. I owe him an apology because I, I said this is fake. You know, I, was, I literally was on the air, if you want to call it that, really the stream on that metal station that night. I was doing my show when I, when I heard, and at that time, it, nothing had been really confirmed. So I was like, well, hopefully it's just a crazy rumor because that shit happens. I remember years ago when somebody said Ace had died, Ace Frehley. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then next thing I know, Ace is getting online going, I don't know how these ridiculous rumors, you know, that New York accent got started about. And he's just like going the fuck off, you know. And it was like, yeah, but I mean, sometimes these things do happen where they say somebody died and they, they weren't dead. Or they'll pronounce they're dead before. Like, they did that with Tanya Roberts, man. I mean, she yeah. was dying and she was sick, but she wasn't dead yet. They all want to get the born. scoop. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, uh, yeah. and man, what a woman. That, what a beautiful woman she was, too, man. Tanya Roberts. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, just, yeah, it, it, it's heartbreaking, man. But it is what it is, you know. Best thing, best way we can do is just keep rocking man because that's what she would have wanted us to do she died at 59 that's like what i'm like trying yeah, to really what got her like yeah they haven't released you know, it yeah but also it's like i follow her on tiktok and instagram she was writing shit like up to two a day before she was dead and it's like what the fuck happened <laughs> yeah who knows man yeah. who knows i just hope it wasn't like her fucking around with drugs or something yeah. crazy that's one thing when you're young and shit but man you know, 59-year-old woman don't have no business. You know, you need... There comes a point in time where you gotta go, okay, enough's enough, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm not saying it is. You know, I'm not trying to disparage Tawny. I love Tawny, you know? But, um... Yeah, like I said, I mean, for anybody in our wheelhouse, especially our age, I mean, fuck. We were all in love with her. How could you not be? Oh, shit. She, awesome. she worked I mean, with... Yeah. She, what? She worked with she Tom was, Hanks, man. <laughs> not only that, but she was on the cover of... of two covers of two of my favorite rat albums the ep and out of the cellar I yeah mean, that alone because to yeah. me when it comes to the glam metal or you know the la the la sunset strip bands the glam metal bands rat was my favorite i think motley crew are so fucking overrated it's not not even funny first two albums are great after that maybe a good song here or there but lots and lots of filler in my opinion but again that's just my opinion, and I know yeah. it's in the minority because for some reason, out of all the bands from that L.A. Sunset Strip scene, man, Motley Crue is still revered today. 
personally, I, I don't get it, man. I think Dockin were better. I think Rat were better. I think Tesla's better. Even though Tesla wasn't really a glam band, in my opinion. But there were so many other bands from that scene that were better than fucking Molly. Right? Well, Rat, Rat kept infighting and breaking lands. up. <laughs> that's why. Badlands. Well, I think that's part of Bad it. Lands. I think that's part of it. But man, those first... I, see, I like everything that Rat did up to Dancing Undercover. And then that's when I felt the wheels started yeah. coming off. Like, Reach for the Sky had some decent songs, but the cover was retarded. Didn't get the cover. I didn't like it. And, and I hated Detonator. Yeah, it was Detonator, yeah. all right. Detonated their fucking career. Rat were never the same <laughs> after that. Thanks to fucking Desmond Child. Christian Sinzak, I love you, buddy. I know you love you some Desmond Child, but you know when I say, bring me the head of Bob Rock <laughs> and Desmond Child. I can't stand either of them fucks. They ruined both my fucking, some of my favorite bands. Ruined Kiss yes. and ruined fucking Rat. Fuck. Uh, yeah. I just went off on Bob, Metal Mike Bob Rock. Oh, fuck Bob Rock, man. You know, <laughs> you know what my co-host Black Album, Metallica, Black you know Album. My, you know what my co-host uh, Bildo calls him, James? My co-host the in the Metal Mike killer. Show. He calls him, he calls him Bob PPS Rock. Palpable piece of shit, Rock. Because he <laughs> feels that, you know, he made Metallica palpable. He's made a lot of things. I mean... The guy fucking the guy produced Lover Boy. Need I say more? Now, to be fair though, he did produce Blue Murder, and I do like that record. The Colt. And he, the Colt was yeah. a good band. Some of his work was good, but I, he was just not the right guy for Metallica. I'm sorry, man. No, uh, no, he was not. They should have stuck with Flaming Rasmussen or however you say his name. Uh, yeah. Same guy that did all the other Metallica albums before that. You mean the classic right? ones? The really great ones? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, he was involved even up till Justice, and then they decided to go with this uh, you know, big-name producer, and he, I mean, they made a ton off the Black Album. And oh, and, and, and I also I, I love a few songs off there but right. load and reload those what, two pieces of shit oh, oh, Rock. Oh, we also did oh, saint anger oh, <laughs> yeah, i mean saint anger uh oh. i mean it's to me it's slightly better than, than load and reload even uh it just you know his snare drum sound is shit but some of the songs are better i just can't stand load and reload death, death magnetic yeah. was an improvement but the, yes, but yeah. I gotta say the best thing they've done in a long time was the last album. I liked it. Not everything oh, on yeah. it, but I liked it, man. It, it yeah. was good, well written, yeah, yeah. well structured songs. Even the songs that weren't totally thrash and well, just well written, well structured songs. I was like, way to go, boys. It's about time. But I can't help but think that Dave Mustaine didn't light a fire under those boys' ass with Dystopia because Dystopia is the best thing Megadeth's done since fucking. Rust in peace. Yeah, it's even better in Countdown. I said it. Yeah. Hey, Lee, what'd you think of Tawny's death? <laughs> Lee? Did we, did we lose Lee? Lee, are you gone? Uh, did he leave? He left. Wow. Let me did call he? him. Let me call him back. I don't know I what happened. He's all right, man. Yeah. Well, there he is. Lee? You there? Yeah. Okay. Hey, so what did you think about Tony Contain's death? Um, it, it bummed me out. I okay. mean, um, it bummed me out in the way that a lot of other um, deaths bummed me out. It's not like I... At this point, 
was totally surprised because the point is there's a lot of people who died that I was very heartbroken about. So it's it's kind of like if if you only think about it in terms of chronological age and and someone's body giving way, but if you think about the fact that the spirit still lives on and that it's only just the physical body that dies but that um you know um her energy is still around it's like um that's the way that i felt about death in general is that um it's like water and steam when water turns to steam it doesn't disappear it just turns into a different form of element right and, on. And, and and the same thing with with a with with the human being and and when the body um dies and then the spirit lives on um and the spirit is free of the body then there's no more like limitations of weird freakouts or different like things that the body is limited in it's 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 a pure spirit and 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 if um she has more lives to live later then she'll reincarnate into another body and 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 just like all of us if we have more lives that we need to live we'll live through them and so it's just a matter of going through a certain process so mm. that's how i feel about it you know what i just hope Seriously, that her next body is as banging as the one she had before oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. just saying man and if she is in an ectoplasm hey tawny you can come down here and like kind of whatever you know <laughs> all right and then the other question i had to ask you i was reading today that uh Scott and Rockenfield put up a Queensryche website and he's like ditched the band for the last four years and nobody knows what he's doing. So what do you think that's about? You know, I really don't know because from what I understand, he's still part of Queensryche Incorporated, but yeah, he's no longer with the band. He's not performing with them. I don't even think he was on, he drummed for the last album. I think there's Saner, who was actually a drummer from another band, um, it, he drummed on that album. I, I don't know, man. Queensryche right now. I mean, I we went to see him a while back, um, which I kind of had conflicting feelings because I love Queensryche, huge fan of a certain era of Queensryche. Um, I can't blame the boys for breaking away. I love Jeff, and I still think Jeff's a talented vocalist, man. A while back, I forget which power, you know, my nephew Kane, who used to be a DJ for my station, but he took a, Ella, a leave of absence of break, says he might come back one day. Um, he's still a regular on the Metal Mike show. He's a huge power metal fan. And I can't remember the name of the band, but they had Jeff do a song with them. And it fucking rocked and sounded phenomenal. And I'm like, well, I don't understand why Jeff, for the life of me, don't team up with some of these German power metal musicians and put out a kick-ass album. Like, you can still do it. Hearing that song proves you can still do it. I did, can't remember the name of the song or the artist. So I have to uh. get back to you guys on that. But fuck it, rock, dude. And I'm like, he. I just don't understand why 
he's, you know, because since he, what, what was it called? Operation Mindcrime? He named it after the, the album and that was going to be his new band. It's not that good. It's not. I mean, I it's not heavy. It's not, it's not what I want from Jeff Tate and it's not what I want from Queensryche. I hate to say this. It hurts me to say it. But Queensryche sounds more like Queensryche now with the scener they have now than they've had in a long time. You know, now am I saying it's as good as fucking Operation Mindcrime or fucking Promised Land or Queen of the Reich or any of those classic albums? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is it's a hell of a lot closer to the ballpark. But, you know, my friend Bildo, he'd never seen Queen's Reich. He really wanted to go. So we went and I got to admit, they put on a hell of a show. But it's only like now half of Queen's Reich, if even that. You, you know what I mean? I mean, but. I don't know, uh, Mark. It's a good I think it's question. It's just a bass player and a guitarist now. <laughs> yeah, well, and just one of the guitarists because Chris DeGarmo yeah. really was the main guy. Him and Jeff were the main dudes in that band as far as songwriters go. Yeah. He's been gone for years, so it, to me, it's just you know, it's like I almost look at the current Queensrÿche is like, and I don't mean to disparage the musicians that are in that band or say that they're bad. Hey, that guy can sing. Todd can fucking sing his ass off. His new he's solo nice, album rules. <laughs> and he's a nice guy. He's a yeah. really nice guy. I've talked to the man. He's a nice guy. So I don't want to sound like I, I'm being a dick here. But to me, it's almost like a Queensryche tribute band. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Because I like to go see tribute bands every once in a while. But it's not Queensryche. Dude, I got to tell you, my experience with Queensryche went like this. Um I saw them open up for Ozzy on the Ultimate Sin tour, and they didn't really win the crowd over, and uh, they got booed a little bit, and uh, everybody was just pretty much chanting Ozzy and waiting for <laughs> Ozzy to come. Bomber. Up. Okay. So the second time I saw them, they were opening for Metallica. Yes, that's when I saw the, the Justice for All uh, tour. The Justice tour. Fuck, okay. that was a great show. They, they were... I got into them more that second time around, and and they were pretty good and everything. Um, well, they were they were but, supporting mind crime. They were supporting dude, mind crime. Yeah, yeah, they 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 jammed and everything. But I'm not, I'm not saying they got booed, but you know, towards the end of their set, I mean, man, everybody's just waiting for Metallica to come out. Yeah, oh, of course, on Justice, of course. On, yeah, yeah, on the on the Justice album, and uh, you know, that's the two times I saw those guys. And I like them through, um, I don't know, I mean, like Silent Lucidity and Empire, some of that stuff off that album. Empire's it was all, a good I, record, but I liked the album after it better. To me, the greatest thing they ever did was Operation Mindcrime. It's a masterpiece. Oh, yeah, as far I, as I agree. I, I totally agree. It's a masterpiece. Uh, yes, but, uh, yes. but for me, you know, like I said, I love Queens, right? I do, but I'm not... Again, I'm like that with a lot of bands, though. I, I'm not what... I don't mean to sound unkind here, but, you know, we talk about them all the time, and every band has them. The Tards. The guys yeah. that like what the band does, no matter what the fuck it is. Yeah, and I'm I hate, sorry. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I just... I mean, I'm like, okay, cool. Just Tards. Well, I, I, I'm I a rustard, but I don't down people for not liking them. <laughs> so. but, but, but Mark, here's the difference. You may be a rush nutswainer or a rush tard, but you don't. Yeah, exactly. You don't down people. Like I don't even mind people that are tards. One, if you admit it, cool. That's big of you. 
Secondly, my biggest criteria for that, like, don't put me down because I don't like a certain era of a band. I hate that. Like, well, you're not a Rush fan if you don't like power. Hey, fuck you, motherfucker. You know, like, I was listening to Rush yeah. since 1976 when I was six years old with 2112. It melted my brain. You know, so don't fucking tell me I'm not a Rush fan, you know, or that I'm not an Aussie fan or whoever it is, you know, like, I I cannot stand it when people fucking tell me that you're not a fan. Like, I heard people saying that about Ordinary Man. Hey, I love Ozzy. Love that guy. He's one of my biggest heroes in the world. And I love a lot of his stuff. Even some albums that people don't dig, I've been like, okay, I like that. Not all of it, but I can find... I gotta be honest with you though, man. This ordinary man just the the best song Sucks. on it was under the graveyard, and that wasn't that great, man. It's not that good. And but at the same time, like Ozzy said, he just recorded new stuff and he's happy and he you know what? Ozzy's earned the right to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Oh, and it yeah, doesn't really absolutely. matter if I like it anymore. Ozzy has written so much great music, in my opinion, with Sabbathon on his own. I've got it. I mean, nothing he does now will ever taint those albums for me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Ozzy has reached a level, much like Elvis did before him. And let's be honest, man. When we think of Elvis, we think of fucking 68 comeback Elvis when Elvis was at his coolest, man. 1955, 1968. We don't want to think about Elvis in 1977. In Hawaii, Vegas. But at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, he's still Elvis Presley. It didn't matter. It doesn't really negate all the cool shit he did. Sad, because it's kind of like seeing a fucking fighter or a sports figure, you know, player that's past their prime, and and, and, you, and you it breaks your heart, man. You're like, man, well, dude. Hey, you know, I, I don't that's what that Kiss good. does to me right now. Oh, big time. Big time. Big time. my heart. Oh, it's like, dude, guys, get out of the rain. Just stop, man. Just You have nothing more to prove. There's nothing. They should have stopped. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think I think they should have quit when they did the farewell tour. It's the last time I Absolutely. saw Kiss. Last time I saw Kiss. I didn't go for this fucking farce. I don't give a fuck. If people out there, you listeners, and you like it, support them. God go with you. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. But don't tell me I'm not a Kiss fan because I'm not down with two people fucking wearing Peter and Ace's makeup. Sorry. Yeah. That's Peter and Ace. You know, that's not fucking, yeah. you know... It's not. It's not. I don't care, man. I don't give a fuck. And here's the thing that also bothers me about Tommy Thayer, man. I mean, I think the guy's a good guitar player, and I'm sure he's a nice guy. But even his sign- his guitar series, his signature guitar, is a fucking replica of Aces. I'm like, are yeah. you fucking... You can't even invent an original guitar, Tommy? Like, really? Like, that's fucked up to me, man. I'm sorry, but it's like, he can't even re- come up with his own goddamn guitar design. He has to... It's, uh... it's It literally looks... Just like fucking Ace Fraley's guitar, like I'm like yeah. really, and then and then people want to defend that shit. I'm like okay, yeah. fine, whatever. You're a Kiss tard. Bye bye now. And don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, like if you're a Kiss tard and you're respectful, cool. You know, yeah. I don't even be nicer. You don't even. I won't call you a tard. Kiss nut swinger. Fine, <laughs> whatever, whatever, man. You love them, and, yeah. and, and, and but don't tell me that they're not my band too, just because I don't like a certain album or a certain era of a band. Uh, that's yeah. bullshit, man. Yeah. Anymore, yeah. you know, I, I, that's just something that grinds my fucking gears, man. You want to piss Metal Mike <laughs> off? Just tell me that, oh, well, you're not a real so-and-so. Hey, you know what? Go suck a demon cock, motherfucker. <laughs> you know? 
people tell me what I like and what I don't like and what I can and what I can't fucking be. I don't fucking tell you that you can't like Kiss without Peter and A. Or, and that's another thing. My twin brother, Mark, he supported every lineup. Every fucking lineup, man. But guess what? He oh, ain't down. I, I did. Kiss. Does that mean that Mark's not a fucking Kiss fan? I defy anybody to fucking tell me that Marky's not a Kiss fan. Go fuck yourselves. Nope. You know? Dude, I, I, I started listening to Kiss when I was three years old, and that right. is a fact. Yeah. On a live, and then I got rock and rolled over in Destroyer, and I learned how to write my name on those covers of those albums, That's dude. That's awesome. That's how young I was. So, yeah, nobody can tell me I'm not a freaking Kiss fan, you know? So, let me ask you. How old were you? Or, I mean, how old are you, James, right now? Right now, I'm 47. But when I was a kid, I found my uncle's Alive album and wow. just stared at it and was like, wow, this looks You were amazing. born in 73? Yeah, I was born in 73. Right on. See, I was and, born in 70. Yeah. Mark was Dude, born the I, day after me, man. Yeah, the okay, very, I got... The very next got, day. <laughs> I, I got in trouble for going to kindergarten with my Love Gun album. I, know, I, <laughs> I heard that story on, took, the, on, on, yeah, on the, the episode you did with Bushy. I loved it. I fucking loved it. I was like, that's awesome. See, yeah, got- yeah that, that was a crazy episode, man. Uh, I basically had like an hour to take notes on every Kiss album there ever was and, and be ready for the Dude, podcast. It, I it got in trouble for seeing in the commercial Kiss that's the name from the fucking action figures that came out in 77 or 78. I got in trouble at church and at school for seeing that. Kiss, that's the name. It's Kiss. Uh-huh. I got in trouble. You know, because, ooh, they were the devil. They were bad. They were, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You were, oh, yeah. I mean, Mark, you know how it is, dude. I mean, you've talked about before about people bullying you. Dude, when I was a kid, all my life, listening to hard rock and heavy metal music, oh, I was called yeah, a devil yeah, worshiper, too, a freak, a weirdo. Yeah. To me, that's why I think I gravitated at music. It's very much a music of outsiders. You know. Oh what I yeah. Mean? All right, guys, we're yeah. gonna have to end it. Lee is like keep hanging up. <laughs> All right, he's probably getting bored. Yeah, he's probably getting bored, man. I well, just wanna... you can edit some of this stuff out. I'm sorry. I didn't no, it's people. good. I just want to get Lee back on here to fucking end the show. But he, I think he's mad or something. I don't know what's up because we weren't letting him talk. Uh... Oh. Okay. You can let him talk, man. Yeah, yeah. He's probably like, fuck this. It's turned into the James and Mike show. Yeah. Fuck him. Fuck the <laughs> All right. Well, I just let it go, man. And let's just end the tracks with uh, James. He picked Bury Me in Smoke by a down. Mike, you picked a skull of Ch- God's creation. And then I picked uh, Lee picked Chili Whack Chain Train. I picked Ugly Kid I picked, Joe. I picked um, Beastmaker. Peacemaker. Uh, Beast Maker. Uh, um, yeah, it was from the album Inside the Skull. Oh, Inside the Skull? Yeah. Peace, pe- pe- you're going to have to beast. text it. Like, be- you know, like the be- Beast Maker. Oh, Beast Maker. Oh, uh, okay. I got you, dude. Inside the Skull. Yeah, so when's this episode going up? Man? Tonight. Oh, awesome. Yeah, awesome. I'm going to put it up. Everybody knows I'm putting it up tonight. All right, guys. So that that's our thank you for uh, being on the podcast. Hey, Lee, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Take care, everyone. Hey, I, hey, Lee. All right, man. I enjoyed it, Lee. I really enjoyed. I mean, okay, cool. you loving this album, dude? Thanks, right. dude. Take hey, care. we were ending it right before you hung up on us. <laughs> so. Okay. Take care. Hey, Lee. Bye. Lee. 
We already said your uh, track of the week is uh, Chili okay, Whack. That's cool. Okay, bye. Okay, <laughs> later. All right, man. So that was Lee, and uh, we're out of here. Thank you guys for being on here so much. And um, been and a Lee, pleasure, Mark. Yeah, and Lee's, metal, brother, Lee, Lee's track of the week is a cap, a shave, and plenty of bills. All right, guys. <laughs> Take it easy, and thank you again. Later. Day metal. Bye.
shalt die nine eternities in doom. <laughs> Oh,
Shoot it. 
You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artist by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.